Hey everybody, Jim Minnery here on I'm Glad You Said That. It is Wednesday, December 20th, a beautiful, snowy, wintry day, five days out from Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I um, hope that you're uh, in a position to be able to enjoy your family and friends and loved ones here in the great land. wanted to um, be very uh, appreciative of welcoming Tammy Watson, the executive director, and Victoria Ross, the deputy director of Alaska Adoption Services on the show today. It's very um, profound in terms of what it means for a Christian uh, to not only be involved in adoption, but to be adopted ourselves I'll start off with Romans 8.14, and then we'll just kind of read um, for a little bit some some passages and some ideas about adoption, knowing that uh, um, that we'll have a wonderful conversation here shortly with folks who are very involved in this here in the state of Alaska. Romans 8.14, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you know, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. Um, as John Piper says, the biblical foundation for the act of adopting children is primarily in the New Testament rather than the Old. There are only three adoptions in the Old Testament, Moses, Esther, and Genubath. Israel is called God's son, but not until the New Testament is this called adoption. And... Although the deepest and strongest foundation of adoption is located, well, it is located not in the act of humans adopting humans, but in God adopting humans. I found this uh, article um, a while ago by John Piper um, that is pretty profound. He says, adoption is the most profound realities in the universe. I say universe and not world because adoption goes beyond the world. It is greater than the world and it is before the world in the plan of God and it will outlast the world as we know it. Indeed, it is greater than the universe and is rooted in God's very own nature. Um, so his his piece, John Piper's piece on adoption basically says that, um, that all of us um, – would consider and embrace the wonder of our adoption into God's family through Jesus Christ. Number two, that all of us would support the ministry of adoption, uh, that we can um, support in a number of different ways, including Alaska Adoption Services, that we'll be speaking with here shortly, the directors, and that many of you married couples would consider adopting children into your family as an overflow of the inheritance that you have in Christ from God your Father. 
John says, uh, John Piper says, my assumption is that we need to understand and enjoy our own adoption by God before we can properly understand and enjoy what it should mean to adopt a child into our own family. Adoption is mentioned in Ephesians 1.5, where it says, In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace. And then um, what, what John Piper says here is that adoption is from God, was part of God's plan, it was his idea, his purpose. It was not an afterthought. Um, that that what we each need to know is that our adoption into God's family through Christ is that God chose us and predestined us in love for adoption before the foundation of the world. God's love for us and its expression in our adoption into his eternal family of joy did not start in this world. It reaches back into eternity so when Paul says, from him all things, he includes our adoption. It means that before the foundation of the world, he predestined us to be his child. Piper then goes on to say that adoption is through Jesus Christ. All things are from him and through him. This is true of adoption um, and that we are adopted through Jesus Christ. That means that to be adopted by God, we had to be died for in him, verse 7, in him, Christ, we have a redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And that we also need to realize that not all people are God's adopted children. The blood of Christ, as Piper notes, covers the sins of all who believe, out of Romans 3.25. Therefore, believers in Christ are adopted and no others. If we talk about God being the father of all mankind, we speak very loosely and are not talking truly about those who are saved. He also mentions that we are not cute orphans, but enemies in rebellion against God. That is, who God decided before the foundation of the world to adopt. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. We were enemies while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. So our adoption is not based on our being worthy or cute or attractive. It's based on the free and sovereign grace of God planned before the world. Finally, uh, he says, Piper says that adoption is for God's glory. All things are from him and through him and to him. Adoption, therefore, is to him. That is, it is for his glory. God adopted us in our own unworthiness to make his grace look great. You were adopted for the praise of the glory of his grace. God's action in adopting us is radically God-centered and God-exalting. The goal of our adoption is that the glory of God's grace would be praised. And so more than, um, you know, there's, there's so much to be said, um, and Piper goes into a few of those now, that I'll just mention here very briefly before we have our discussion with the directors of Alaska Adoption Services. Now, there's five implications of these passages regarding adopting children and for supporting those who adopt um, by going to Alaska um, Adoption Services uh, and um, identifying how you can be involved. 
So God adopted us not for our own glory, but for God's glory, or, or that's why we should do it. Adoption is to make much of God. Our aim is to not take a child's low views of self and replace them with high views of self. Rather, our aim is to take a child's low views of God and replace them with high views of God. That is our aim in adopting, Piper says. We model God's mercy and justice when we adopt those into our home. There will be a cost. Adopting will almost certainly bring heartache and stress and suffering, just like adoption costs God the life of his son. And then finally, faith and all-sufficient God of grace. We dare only adopt if we have a firm faith in the all-sufficiency of God's future grace. Lots to be said. I know that... that uh, um, we won't get into that in great detail with my two guests today. I'm not even sure if it's faith-based. I don't think it is. Um, but uh, that's the foundation. That's the, um, the, the structure of adoption. So stick around, folks. We'll be right here on I'm Glad You Said That after the short break. Welcome back to I'm Glad You Said That. Really uh, blessed to have two folks on the show today. Tammy Watson is the executive director, and Victoria Ross is the uh, deputy director of Alaska Adoption Services. Um, You know, although we have not done a lot as an organization, as a ministry in the adoption arena, I'd like to think that we can expand what we do do, but um, it's a direct um, you know, relationship with what we care uh, deeply about, which is the pro-life movement in ensuring that every um, everyone is valued from conception to natural death. And part of that means that people need to step up, um, not just with uh, infants that are, um, you know, in harm's way regarding abortion, but also, um, you know, kids as, as old as teenagers um, that need a forever home. So very excited to have you guys on the show. And I guess, um, you know, to start off, uh, maybe with Tammy, give us a little bit of history about how you got involved in this arena and, and uh, what brought you to this place. And then we'll um, have Victory do the same. Sure. Um, I would say I actually started out in mental health. Um, and so I worked with a lot of kiddos that were in foster care um, and who've experienced trauma and, and helping them cope with that and learn coping skills. And through that, I mean, foster children got adopted by their parents and things like that. Um, and then when I decided to leave mental health and take a step back, I was provided an opportunity to work in an agency here in Anchorage that at the time was doing adoption services. And so I stepped into that um, arena and became the director of um, the program there, um, domestic, the Domestic Infant Adoption um, and so I've been doing that now since 2011, and I also adopted two youth out of foster care, um, like older teens. They were 15 and 17 when we adopted them. Wow. That's, uh, I always tell people, you know, it's what scripture says pretty clearly is, um, you know, caring for the widows and orphans. Um, and I, I don't even know if that vernacular is appropriate nowadays. You don't, you don't say orphans, but in, in, in many ways, that's exactly what it is, is people that have, um, you know, not the security of a mom and dad that, that everyone deserves. And yet 
it's an opportunity for us to step up and do the right thing in terms of um, being Christ-like. I mean, obviously, um, you know, bringing someone into your home that is an older, um, you know, individual as opposed to an infant carries with it a lot more challenges, and we can talk about that in a bit. Um, and so I just want to honor you on on the show for, for doing it yourself. And I have some friends who have done the same thing and I know how, um, you know, how, how hard it is and how much of a blessing it is too, but just want to thank you for that. Um, and Victoria, maybe give us a, a short background on, on, uh, how you were brought to this situation. Yeah. So I um, am a social worker by trade and I'm also an adoptive mother. My husband and I adopted a sibling group of four back in 2016. And um, as we were kind of going through the adoption process, I realized that there was not a lot of support for families going through that process as far as learning what the, the legal process was, um, walking through a home study. And so I actually thought, well, I'm a social worker. I could do this. And so I started writing adoption home studies uh, for for other families and helping them um, walk through their journey and support them. Um, and then uh, back in 2019, um, I reached out to Tammy and um, we heard news that, that the program she was working for was closing. And so we thought, well, we should continue this work. And so we uh, started Alaska Adoption Services. Wow. You know, it's amazing because uh... – I just looked at, um, you know, as I'm listening and, and uh, paying attention, I'm, you know, doing research online as well as uh, stuff that I've already done before. And I'm realizing that I know like uh, half of your board members pretty well um, <laughs> through different connections. I mean, so, uh, you know, there's a reason why you guys are admired so much. You get really good board members. I can see having Aww, knowing yeah. knowing many of them and I had no idea that some of them were involved in this arena and um so I guess you know there, there's so many different questions but uh you know for, uh, in the in the 30,000 foot level what is the you know the lay of the land here in Alaska in terms of kids that are waiting um in the system to have uh, a forever family. Um, you know, I know that it, it, it's not completely, um, you know, crystallized in that there can be some kids that are in the system that are kind of in and out of foster care is kind of going back to their biological family. If that's, if that's doable, if that's possible. Um, but you know, the, the, in general, what does the situation look like in Alaska compared to other states? How many kids are in the system needing a home? Oh, man, that's a really tough question. So as far as um, our agency, um, we don't make any placement decisions for uh, foster youth. We provide home study services and support to families, but as far as, like, placement, um, we leave that up to OCS. Um, but I would say there's probably – a couple hundred children that are waiting for permanency, but that doesn't mean that they don't have an an identified home yet. So many of those children that are legally free or waiting for permanency, they're in their their home, their adoptive home. Um, so it's really hard to get a, a good grasp on how many children are out there waiting. 
Um, but a good resource um, here in the state would be Alaska Center for Resource Families. They have a, a program called PARCA where they help uh, find families for legally free use. Um, and then also through Beacon Hill, um, the Alaska Heart Gallery, they also have children who are legally free waiting for an identified home. So um, those would be two resources that families could check out um, to see if they're interested in, in providing permanency for, for a, a use in the state. Right, okay, and I'm also looking here on the site that it says Alaska Adoption of Services matches prospective adoptive families with expectant parents to safely place infants in their forever family. So are you guys exclusively in that space or do you also work with kids that are older that need homes as well? I would say the, um, as far as matching and placement, we're expectant parents, newborn. So we work with moms who are expecting but um, don't feel like they're in a place to currently parent. And so we help match them with adoptive families who are in that place to parent and their background checks and home study readied. And um, we encourage openness. So um, we help in that arena as far as matching goes. We do have a grant um, that helps the state with um, permanency for youth. Um, and so we do have a, a recruiter that works with the state to help find maybe um, more of family related. So um, somebody who's related to the child to provide permanency or somebody who's already in the child's network um, that could provide permanency that maybe, you know, no one's asked. So we do help in that capacity, um, but ultimately the state makes that final decision on uh, which family they're going to place with or which family is going to provide permanency for the youth. So do you have to, I'm, I'm just completely, I'm, you know, pardon my ignorance, but it's like um, I just haven't really dove into this arena that much. But if you are an adopt, if you are someone who wants to adopt a kid out or you are someone who wants to adopt a kid, is it, uh, you don't always have to go through the state for that process, do you? No, um, you know, there's obviously our agency adoption. So as an adoptive parent, you have the choice to have an agency like Alaska Adoption Services. You can become a licensed foster parent and, you know, eventually maybe adopt through the foster care system. Um, or you could do it privately with an attorney. So if you know an expectant parent or know a family that's looking to make a plan of adoption, then you can work with an attorney in that family um, and do it privately. And, you know, one of the, the other things that comes to mind is, um, you know, how are these, uh, how are these individuals who are expectant that are, um, you know, contemplating giving up their child for adoption, how are they identified and found? Um, that's a great question. I mean, they, they reach out to us. Um, all of the hospitals um, in the state know about our agency. Um, also, we've partnered with uh, community pregnancy centers um, around the state to make sure that our information is sent to clinics and villages and um, all over the state. So they really reach out to us. Um, sometimes they find us on social media, on our website. Um, soon we'll be broadcasting commercials throughout the state to let them know that we're here to support them. Um, and even if they don't make a, a, an adoption plan, we're here to support them with parenting as well um, and just want to give them those resources that they need to parent successfully. 
No, I love that. It's kind of one of the things that, that Governor Dunleavy had, had talked about. There hasn't been a lot of progress on it lately, but, um, you know, there, he had a very strong interest in making our state um, family-friendly, and that, that encompasses a wide variety of things, obviously, including, you know, a good economic climate for, for uh, providing jobs, but also to let um, and encourage um, families to um, to thrive and grow. I mean, it, it, it amazed me what he had read and, and shared about some of the um, the mindsets of today's young people not even wanting to have families. Um, and that's obviously the far end of the spectrum from someone that is in your system where they, they're pregnant and they want to uh, adopt the baby out. But, uh, you know, it seems like there's some good synergy that, that could happen with the government and what you guys are doing in terms of um, getting the word out about your services. So we're happy to be a part of that in terms of spreading the word. Folks, we're, um, we're chatting um, right now with Tammy Watson, the executive director, and Victoria Ross, the deputy director of Alaska Adoption Services. We'll be right back after this first break. Hey guys, welcome back. Jim Minnery here on I'm Glad You Said That. Very privileged to be talking with uh, Tammy Watson, the executive director, and Victoria Ross, the deputy director of Alaska Adoption Services. Um, one of the things that, that came to mind as, as during that last break in, in my head was how many other adoption groups are there um, in the state of Alaska? I mean, is, um, are you guys one of the biggest? Is there multiple groups? Um, you know, are you connected and, and synergized in, in terms of the work that you do? Um, what is the lay of the land in terms of other adoption um, services here in the state of Alaska? Yeah, Alaska Adoption Services is actually the only licensed adoption agency in Alaska. Um, oh. So we're the only one here located in Anchorage, but we serve the state as far as working with expectant mothers and matching, things like that. We're the only licensed agency. Um, we do partner, though, with a Beacon Hill in different ways or with Alaska Center for Resource Families. I mean, there are adoption um, resources in the state, um, and so we do work with other entities. We're just the only licensed adoption agency. Okay, interesting. And, um, you know, you'd mentioned Community Pregnancy Center and hospitals, of course. Um, you know, the what comes to mind, uh, you know, because of how prominent 